Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by one of the most influential and celebrated songwriters of the past 50 years, the brilliant Joan Armatrading, who has just been announced as the recipient of this year's MPG Outstanding Contribution to UK Music Award. Joan, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Um, thank you very much. And uh, whereabouts are you uh, joining us from and how are you doing? Uh, thank you, Dan. I'm in London and, and I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> good to hear. Um, I mean, firstly, congratulations on the uh, on the MPG Outstanding Contribution Award. Um, how, how does it feel to be recognised with that particular award? I, I know that in, you know, in recent years you've had a number of accolades, you know, celebrating, you know, your, not just your music, but your, your career today and the influence that you've had over, over the past, uh, you know, 50 years nearly. Um, how does it feel to, to not only be recognised with this award, but to be receiving such honours at this stage of your career? Um, yeah. Anybody who tells you they're not interested in awards, uh, I need to give them a lie detector test. Um, because, <laughs> you know, any recognition from, from especially people in the business that you're in to say, we, we like what you do and this is the best way we can express that fondness for what you do. Uh, here's this award. It's, that's great. Um, it's it's very complimentary. It's very flattering. It's great that they think of me or whoever they think of and kind of pursue it to the end, you know, because you can think of all kinds of people that you can give this award to. And then ultimately the person that you give it to from day one to day 10, <laughs> that's the person <laughs> you've stuck with. So that's quite a that's quite a thing. Yeah. Um, and usually it's it's many people making that decision as well. So uh it's a compliment there's no other way of uh, of taking that so i'm really pleased when when people think that they want to give uh, an award to me and because I, I, I love this award because it's for producing and i've been producing my well i've kind of been producing myself from day one but uh, in in terms of on paper you know on the albums i've produced myself since 1986 yeah. um and it's great that uh, the, the producers guild has decided that uh, the, they want to recognise that and uh, and give me an award. So yeah, it's fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, we'll you know, I'm I'm really interested to to talk a little bit about about music production and some of the producers that you've worked with and the way that you've approached producing your own records. And um, I will I will come to that. But I, I was hoping we could start by just taking a little look at the the kind of the, very beginning of your career really or going but going back even before that to when you when you first started writing music can you just tell us a little bit about when you when you first not not just you know started playing an instrument but kind of discovered you had a little bit of a knack for actually creating and and, and writing your own songs how did you how did you discover that was something that you could do um, before I started writing songs, I used to kind of make up jokes and write funny little stories and and limericks and things like that. But when my mom bought the piano, um, she and she bought it literally just because she thought it was a great piece of furniture. She just loved how it looked. She just wanted it in the front room. And it, as soon as it arrived, as soon as it arrived, I started making up these tunes. Uh, so the thing was obviously in me, 
Uh, nobody said, okay, my, my mom didn't buy the piano for me. She, she actually didn't buy it for anybody. She bought it for herself because she, she just liked how it looked. Um, but nobody said, okay, Joan, it, it's here. You need to play it or let me show you how to play it or this is that. You know, no, none of that happened. The piano arrived. I opened the lid and I just started making up these tunes. So instead of writing little jokes and funny stories and limericks, I started to write lyrics, not limericks. I never put music to lim limericks ever. Um, and I just, and it's just something that was in me. I always say I was born to write. So it was, it's a very natural, it's a very natural thing. There's, there's no, and, and you know, I'm not the only person who it's a very natural thing for. There's, there's many writers and musicians and authors that this thing just comes to them and they do it and that's in my case that's that's how it is so I've never I've never kind of struggled to write I've never had writer's block I hear of it I know people say they have it I've never had that I can always write a song whether it's always a great song that's not something else but yeah. <laughs> I can always write a song yeah. um, so it's it's just a very natural uh, um, it's just a natural thing for me and I always say I I almost can't take any credit for what I do because I did nothing for it I, I was just born and given it and I do it yeah wow I mean would there have been any sort of obvious influences upon your sort of early songwriting at that point you know from being being a child and just making up music you know straight away on the piano was was approaching it kind of at, at such a young age with such a, possibly a lack of influences was that something that might have fed into your own kind of unique style and originality or was were there things that you would have been conscious of hearing at that time that might have crept no, I in never, i didn't start writing uh, or playing the the piano or anything by trying to play other people's things mm. i never kind of went that that route i literally just started with my own stuff so I never learnt things. I just played what I wrote, uh, and I just wrote what I wrote. And uh, I wasn't into being a fan of people uh, when I was younger. You know, um, I, 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 there were pop stars that I thought, oh, yeah, I'm a fan of. So there wasn't anybody that, I, and I wasn't buying records. Um, you know, so it it really was just the piano arrived. The thing that was in me was allowed to express itself because the piano was here. That's it. It's, and, you know, over the years, it's not to say that I don't appreciate other people's talents and I don't think, my goodness, how clever is that person? How on earth do they manage to write yeah. that? How on earth do they manage to play that? Aren't they brilliant? I mean, I, there's so many think, people that I think, how talented are you? Could, could anybody be more talented? Mm. Um, you know, so it's, it's not that I think I'm, I'm it. That's, that's not it. All, all I'm saying is, when I started, and even to now, what I do is write what I write. Yeah. But we are all influenced by being alive, just by being here, and the things we see, and the things we hear, and the things we know, It all of it influences us. Uh, so I'm not consciously trying to be influenced by anything. I'm not consciously trying to imitate anything. But... You know, there's things that will make you think, oh, that's wonderful. Uh, and I just want to write something wonderful. I don't want to write that because that's written. Why am I going to try and write that? Why am I going to imitate that? That, that? To me, there's no kind of 
joy in that. So, so I just try and do my own, try and do my own thing. But as I say, there's so many people that are just, oh, goodness me, you, you, you know, you look at guitar players like Muddy Waters or, or, um, um, uh, Jimmy Page or, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Muddy, um, you know, there's just so many people. There's people like Amy Winehouse who were just, I just thought was just fantastic. I loved her songwriting. I loved her singing. Um, I love the Killers. I think they're great. Uh, I love um, Post Malone. I think he's got. I think Eminem is wonderful. Of Justin Bieber. Um, you know, there's so many people. I thought Whitney Houston, in terms of singing, was just like the voice. Yeah. Can you get any, you know, better than that? Uh, but there's just so many people um, that I just think are really, really seriously good mm. at what they do. Um, but I just want to be seriously good at, at what I do. Yeah. I don't want to imitate any of the people that I've mentioned. I just want to appreciate the people that I've mentioned. Mm. I mean, you know, on, on that note, when did you start to discover that you might actually be seriously good at this as well, you know, making that kind of step up from playing around <laughs> with some little ideas and like, you know, just writing new songs, you know, as a, as a child this, and then going, actually, this is, this is th- 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 I'm onto something here. There's, there's something really special. This might sound really big headed and it's not meant to be, but as soon as I started writing, I knew I was good at it. Yeah. Like, I don't kind of care if anybody else thinks I'm good at it. Mm. I thought I was good at it. And so uh, I just wanted to get better at this thing that I thought I was good at. And when I started, I was, I was incredibly shy. I think I was probably the shyest person I think I'd, I'd known. Mm. So I would go into a room with one other person and you'd be lucky if you got a hello out of me. Yeah. But if you were talking about, um, if, you know, if, you, if I was to demonstrate a song to you or to, to talk about my music then I'd be the most confident person. In, in terms of my music, that I was always super confident. I always felt that I, this is what I'm doing, this, this is what I'm good at. Yeah. I, I don't need any apology for being good at this and I don't need any apology for thinking I'm good at this because thinking you're good at something is what helps you to be good at it. I hear people very often say, oh, they don't know how good they are. Of course they do. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't be as good as they are. How <laughs> can I can't be as good as something and you don't know you're good at it? Of course you don't. Of course you know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Um, I mean, did you do you remember when you very first kind of performed one of your songs for another person, whether it was just for a friend or a family member, or you know, do, do you remember building up to that first time of showing someone what you'd been doing? Uh, not no, not really. Um, I know that um, my brother and i don't know why because he didn't go to this university but he had something to do with putting on a concert in the Birmingham university and he asked me to uh you know kind of do a set um and this is probably one of the only few times that i've learned somebody else's thing he said nobody's going to know um what you have written nobody's nobody knows you so you're gonna have to learn something so i think i learned the sound of silence and the sound of silence and that's about about it so i i that was would be one of the first if not the first time i'd played in front of people and that was quite a few people um and and all the songs i played were mine apart from from the sound of silence and only because he 
said, you know, nobody knows you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, in ter- when I when I write songs, I don't really play my songs to people. Um, I, I I did obviously to get a contract and stuff, but uh, I I've never been one for writing a song and playing it to lots of people to get their opinion. Um, again, it's not meant to be big-headed, uh, but I kind of figure I need to know this is good, this is not good, stop now, don't stop now. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah, yeah. you need to be the person who knows how good something is. Even if even if you think, if you, if you, if you, write something and you think to yourself this is not very good but I'm going to play it to people that's not a good starting point the starting point is you thinking oh this is great I need everybody to hear this yeah I mean, so I I tend to not play thing you know the, all those albums of mine that uh, people hear and know that's when everybody heard them that's yeah. when the record company would have heard them is when it's t- you know I'm in the studio I'm making it um, I, I, I I never kind of played things to people to get their opinion. Okay, I mean that's that's really interesting. And you spoken about you know, first getting a record contract. C- can you tell us a little bit about that? How it was making that step up from kind of understanding. Okay, I I know I'm a good songwriter. I know that I've I've got some a really good collection of songs. With the, you know the industry as well being so completely different you know, from, from how it is today, what was the process of, of actually getting discovered, if you like, and getting that contract and, and working with a label at that point? What was your, what was that kind of graduation, if you like, from being a, an, an aspiring songwriter to a professional songwriter and getting that, that first deal and getting your first music out there? Yeah, well, well I, I very lucky, and I, and I realise this is not necessarily the way it works for everybody, but when I, took the songs to people. I was offered a contract by everywhere I took it and then chose the place to, to be with. So, so then I stayed there. And then um, I was, I mean, I can't believe how lucky I was that my first producer was Gus Dudgeon because Gus Dudgeon, who at that time was Elton John's producer, and Elton John at that time was kind of the artist you know whatever percentage of all songs being sold it was it was Elton and and Gus was his producer and Gus was just the kindest just most fantastic person he's a great producer and one of the things I loved about Gus was that he recognized that I knew what I wanted so it wasn't the case of Gus saying I'm the big producer you do what I say so I'm very actually very involved in that first album and the production of it and the you know the arrangements. I mean, because I've already always written and arranged my songs, so the arrangements of it are very much the way I want them to be. Uh, but Gus was so generous, and you know, if you if you think of somebody who has that much influence and power, if you like, to just be able to acknowledge somebody else knowing who they are. Because sometimes that's not easy for people, you know. They want to be the person, uh, and and he was just and and plus, of course, he was a great producer, great at getting sounds. He was great at introducing me to different musicians who I would not never have met if it hadn't been for Gus. I I didn't know anybody, um, 
And, um, you know, so that was just, I mean, I, I just bless the day of very, very often that, 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 that I was, uh, Gus was my first producer. Um, and then, um, my, the producer that I worked with after Gus, um, in, in 76, which is 70. So the first album was 72. So this year is actually my 50th year. And the, the, the album that got me known all over the world was in 1976. And again, how lucky am I that it was Glyn Johns <laughs> that was the producer? Yeah. Because Glyn is, again, like Gus, two stellar guys. I mean, you, you know, the, the best in the business. They, they just, they know what they're doing. They know sounds. They know people. They know how to interact with people. They know how to get the best out of a, 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 a studio situation. Um, wonderful. Glenn, like Gus, knew that I knew what I wanted. So, you know, I'm allowed to do my thing. Um, but those two guys, especially, I think, I just, I just can't believe how lucky I was to have met those two. They, they, they just, I can't really praise them enough. <laughs> they, they were just fantastic. And as I say, masters of their craft, you know, who they just know what it's about and, uh, it's so so lucky um but but in terms of when i was writing i i always wrote and arranged so in my head i could always hear all this other stuff and i remember hearing uh, an interview with winton marcellus um and he said when he writes he hears all these things in his head and i thought oh that's great because that's kind of how what i do um so i was always from day one always able to write and arrange my songs and get them more or less how I want them to be. And the other thing to mention is the musicians that are playing on the album, because what you have to remember is the musicians are all really talented people in their own right. So they're bringing something to the songs as well, because no matter how much I can arrange anything, if I'm not physically the only person playing, which is actually how it's been for quite a number of years now, if I'm not physically the only person playing, whoever's playing is going to add themselves and that's a wonderful thing so i've been able to work with some great musicians like manu kachi and and um pino paladino and um you know mark Knopfler, who who actually is my favorite guitarist ever i, I just think he's wonderful um and uh you know so so you you get to work with musicians who who are talented in their own right and and they have stuff to offer as well uh so it's you just get this really nice mix and i always say it's important that one person knows what's supposed to happen in the studio in terms of how the song goes the arrangement goes the feel of it there's always going to be one person as the writer of the song i reckon that should be me so that's kind of how that's always been I mean, you know, particularly with the producers, with working with Gus and with Glenn, did they have any, were they kind of similar characters and similar uh, personalities in the studio to work with? Or did they have kind of very different approaches that were both equally appealing to you? You know, what what, what was the, what, what the, did you the, kind of take from each of those, you know, uh, pr- projects and sessions working with them? The similarity between those two is that they're both, excellent at recognizing sounds getting just great sounds uh understanding how people 
uh, as a unit work. You know, you can you can have a, a bunch of musicians who are great musicians, but whoever's in charge in that way, um, it, you know, pu- putting it together in that way, doesn't know how to bring them together. So both of them would create a great atmosphere in the studio always. I mean, obviously, we're all creating that atmosphere, but but you're looking to that person in the control room to kind of say, okay, yes, that's that's sounding good, because until they say that and you go in and you say, ah, nah, it doesn't sound quite as I thought, yeah. can we do it again? <laughs> um, but, you know, you're looking to them to kind of unify you, you know, uh, but you're also looking to them to, to do... Te- that, that technical part of, of making the sound. You're looking to them to make the bass sound like the most incredible bass sound you've heard or the drum sound like the most dynamic drum sound that you've ever heard or the strings to be the most lush strings. You've, that, that's what you're looking for them to do and to when the musicians um, are playing to make the musicians just sound like great musicians. <laughs> that's, that's, what you're, that's what you're... And both of them... Uh, you know they were great at that Uh, both technically fantastic both knew how to get great atmospheres in the studio both knew exactly what they were doing both great at mixing the stuff once it was done Uh, communication was good and really nice people and both of them uh, uh, friends uh, of mine from the time I met them Um, and just really I can't really speak highly enough of those two guys. They, they were, they, well, I say were for Gus because Gus is no longer with us and, and is for Glenn because Glenn obviously is still here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much, so it's both, both from a writing and from a production point of view, like how much, if at all, has your approach to, to those aspects of your work changed? Is the way that you write songs still fundamentally the same or have you kind of changed up the way that you, you go about writing and then equally when you're in the studio, whether it's producing on your own or working with another producer, has your approach to actually getting records made changed in any ways or, or, or are you kind of always largely working from the same processes that you've always used? Well, technically um, most of us have had to change, but I, I was always interested in the technical aspect of producing anyway, or recording anyway. So, you know, I started off with my, my little cassette and then I got my two track, my four track, my eight track, my 16 track, my 24 track. So I always kind of did that progression. And then when it was computers came in, I immediately went with computers and stuff. So I've always kept with that aspect of it. So that aspect is vastly different where you would have a a room just full of, you know, a great big mixing desk and great big um, tape thing and lots of outboard, outboard stuff and, I mean, it was like a, you know, a big spaceship. Uh, but now it's everything's on a computer, um, and my my uh, my desk is a. I use Slate Digital, so my desk is just uh, on the computer as well. Uh, so that part is hugely different, and all the outboard stuff that you used to have, it, they're just plugins now, you know. But they they the 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 virtualness of them to the plugins that were analog is. It, the, the, the sound is really good, I think. Um, so that part, yeah, totally different. But in terms of writing a song, I write it the way I've always written it. I write on the guitar, the piano, I write the song, and then I do the arrangements. 
because I want to feel that it, that I can play that song on its own without anything else, and you can know that song. Yeah. So, so that that hasn't changed um, at all in terms of writing. I just I write the song and then I do the arrangements. Yeah, I mean, what's what's your view on the kind of growing trend? I guess that there is in particularly in sort of pop music today for for teams of songwriters working on tracks where you get a room full of, you know, the artists plus some studio writers, possibly people from a label who are, you know, sometimes you'll see tracks credited with five, six, seven songwriters on them who aren't necessarily like band members where it's a band collaboration. It's just a, a, a bunch of different collaborators all contributing to the same song. Is pr- Presumably that's not something that you would ever entertain. Um, but I was also wondering if you have any views on that, if you feel like that can, you know, possibly dilute an artist's vision or whether it's something that just, you know, is, is very much a, you know, it, people do what works for them and, and that's great. You know, I, I just, yeah, was curious to know if you had any, any view on that. The way I look at it is you, you've got to do what you feel you've got to do. And if some people feel that the only way they can get to the place that they want to get to is to write with 10 other people, 20 other people, 21 other people, then that's what they've got to do. It's not what I want to do, but if they feel that's what they want to do, then that's you've you got to do what you, what you want to do. You've got to do what you feel comfortable. I mean, if they didn't feel comfortable with it, then I'd say don't do it. Yeah. Because that, it, you know, I just want to be happy. <laughs> yeah. I just want to feel happy, be happy. And uh, that's, that's, that's really all I, I just want to be comfortable you know, that's why I wear the clothes I wear because I want to be comfortable. Uh, I, I want to be happy. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to hopefully make that enjoyment transfer to other people's minds and hearts. And, and uh, that's all I want. But if somebody said to me, Joan, you must now write with six other people, then I would have to say, unfortunately, I'm busy that day because I, I, yeah. I can't do it um, because I wouldn't be happy. Um, it's it's not that I don't want to collaborate with other people. It's not that I think, oh, I'm so good at everything and I don't need anybody else. It's just that I don't particularly want to do that thing. Um, but if other people want to do it, then I, 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 there's no way I'm going to knock it. I, I'm not going to knock it because I'm not that, per- I, you know, I'm not in that person's shoes to know how they feel and what they're trying to achieve. So... And, and, you know, sometimes I'll hear people say, oh, I really enjoyed working with that person and that person and that person. And we, the four of us had a great time writing. Then that's good. That's really nice if they all had a great time writing. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I just, um, it's just not, it's not the way that I would go about it. No. I mean, you know, looking again at the, at, at the MPG, award and and they get some of the the other awards that you've won in recent years that, that have celebrated your entire career today and the contribution that you've made to 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 music all over the world it, does that does that give you kind of pause to to reflect on on your career and make you consider i don't know any any high points any real standout moments and, and just sort of really look back and reflect on on everything that you've achieved so far or do you kind of always just have your eyes on what's coming next because you've always been so prolific and made so you know there's always yeah. new music coming I, I wonder how it makes you 
how, how those awards make you feel, whether it does give you an opportunity to look back and think, actually, yeah, this has been a really incredible career or those moments were really, really special or is it always thinking about the next project and what's the next song? I absolutely appreciate when I'm given an award. No question. I absolutely appreciate it. But what I'm thinking about is the, the next song that I'm writing, the song that I'm writing now and the song that I'm about to write. That, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm also thinking it'd be great to get people to know my songs and in order for them to know my songs, I've got to write them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's really all I'm thinking all the time. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not thinking about it. It's only when, if I get an award or I do an interview and people say, oh, is that, that, that I reflect, but I'm not spending my time reflecting. I'm usually spending my time thinking, yeah, but, do I, I'm going to write this on the guitar or the piano. <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's what I spend my time thinking. Yeah. I mean, do you have, you know, I, I am going to ask you one of those questions. Um, do you, do you have any moments when you, when you are in, you know, having conversations like this and, or receiving awards like, like this MPG award, are there things that immediately spring to mind as like, those are the kind of obvious sort of touchstones of my career that I can really look back and go, yeah, that, that was a, a defining moment or a really special moment. It, not necessarily because it would be connected to a particularly successful record or anything well, on a commercial sense, but just, you know, are there, are there any little moments that always stand out to you as thinking, yep, that is something that, that I will always I think, be able to look back I think I'm, I said it, the, the, those two men that I mentioned, Gus Dudgeon and Glyn Johns, mm. they are defining moments. Gus was my first album, and as I say, how lucky was I to have Gus as my first producer? I couldn't have had anybody better as a as a person, as a producer, as an engineer, as a people, whatever thing you want to say. How lucky was I that he was it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just fantastic. I can't believe that that's who was my first producer. Because you you could get a first producer who totally messes you up, you know, takes away any confidence that you have, um, makes you feel as if you're just um, somebody there to serve other people or something, you know. Um, just, just did everything absolutely right. And then I get another person like that, Glyn Johns. How do you get, I mean, no, no, lots of people don't get two goes at something fantastic like that. Yeah. Um, so they they are definitely defining moments, and they are things that I would think about. You know, how lucky am I to have had these two guys be the producers of my first um, uh, kind of defining albums, if you like, the first album and the album that got me known. Um, so yeah, those it. But but in terms of things that I think, oh God, this is how 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 did I manage that? was actually when I got my BA honours degree in history. Mm. That's yeah. not a musical thing, but it's a thing that um, I feel really, really proud of because, as I say, in, in musical terms, I feel as if I can't really take that credit because I did nothing. I I, I was here and, and I was given this talent and I use it. But in terms of getting my degree, I had to work really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to take all these exams and I had to kind of 
kind of learn all this stuff that I didn't know and uh, <laughs> uh, and pass the exams because, you know, and then I had to kind of start the, the, the course and finish the course. I remember somebody saying to me, they'd tried to take a degree three times and they couldn't make it and I and but they'd given up three times they said how do you how do you manage to do how do you manage to get a degree and I said well what you've got to do is start it and finish it mm. that's actually the way you get it <laughs> um, but it was but but it was hard work you know um, and I did it when I was touring as well so a little bit harder as well because you, you know I couldn't get to lots of the things that you needed to get to because I was in, in Australia or wherever I was uh, so that's for me is like a really big deal, <laughs> um, but but I love. And one of the other questions I get asked is, wh- "Who's your favourite audience?" Well, they all are. Which your what's your favourite gig? They all are. I I can't think of doing a a gig that I've thought, uh, you know, yuck, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the people have turned up. Yeah. They've bought their tickets, they've turned up, they've applauded after the songs, they've sung along to things. And you can get some audiences that are not as boisterous or demonstrative or enthusiastic as as some others. But, you know, even those guys, in their way, they're having a great time. Um, So I just appreciate that that they've turned up. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, on... on, on you know, live live performances and, and audiences. I have to ask you about uh, performing for Nelson Mandela. That presumably was was a was a big moment in your career. When you know, when looking back at special moments, that must have been quite a that must have been quite a quite a moment for you. Yeah, that was that was that was great actually. But this that's actually not the thing that that is the special moment for me with Nelson Mandela. The special moment for me is when I was in South Africa uh, doing a concert and uh, I got a phone call asking me if I wanted to meet Nelson Mandela. And uh, when I went, I thought it was going to be like with a whole bunch of people and it was going to be, you know, like a gathering. Um, But when I got there, it was literally just the two of us. And then he said to me, well, let's go into the garden. And I, I thought, okay, well, that's obviously where everybody else is. Yeah. But it was still just the two of us. Wow. That's the special moment. It wasn't the special moment. It was a great moment. I loved it. I performed uh, for him um, uh, and met him a, a couple of few times. But that moment of meeting him the first time, was that was a very special moment. Yeah, that must have been incredible. I mean, how was that that meeting with him? You know, being able to spend that time with him, chatting in his in the garden. How you know, was, what was it like? It was, it was great. It was all kind of surreal, actually, a little bit surreal, but but fantastic. And I remember when I you kind of drive up to the house and and you get out of the car, and the the atmosphere of him kind of smacks you in the face. You know, you feel the, the he had such love from everybody around him that you that, that love was in the atmosphere you, you as i say kind of literally hit you in the face when you got, got out of the car it's incredible um and and everybody just loved him and i went to robin island and met some of the people who were in quotes looking after him and uh they just said they wish they could be with him now looking after him because he just changed their minds and got them to see 
you know, how things should be and they just adored him and thought he was wonderful. And how many prison guards would say that about their prisoners, you know? So that's a a special person that he was able to change so many people's minds and also that he was able to come out of prison with a forgiving heart and and be genuine. It's, uh, you know, that's a special person. I mean... Would you be able to just tell us a little bit about how how it came to be that you you uh, went to, to 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 perform you know uh, in in front of him because you'd, you'd written the song The Messenger about him. How did how did things how did you, you go from that to actually going and performing and then subsequently meeting him? What was the, the well, story I, I, there, if you like? I actually met him before I performed for him. Okay, so it, it wasn't it wasn't in the reverse order. I'd met him a while before I performed for him uh, because you know they they him and the other freedom fighters all enjoyed my music while they were in prison and stuff so that's kind of you know um so uh i was asked he he, he came to britain uh, england to do a, a a private kind of talk thing and um the the place he was doing the talk at asked me to perform the song for him so that's how that came about in terms of actually doing the actual performance that's how that came about okay um yeah i mean it's an incredible incredible story that must have been a a phenomenal moment um and i i perform i I wrote wrote that song um so that would be 2001 um and i wrote that song and i used the kingdom choir to sing on that that song so they're they're singing on the messenger and then when i performed the song uh for mr mandela i got the kingdom choir to come along for that as well so uh they were there as well singing wow amazing so what what's next for you at the moment Do do you have any any new music kind of currently in the pipeline any live shows coming up is there anything uh you know, any anything that we should uh, we should be looking out for on the horizon? Yeah, there's stuff on the horizon. Um, you know, I'm always I always want to write, so that there'll be there'll be stuff coming out next year and the year after that and the year after that till I die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's how that'll go. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I I I always want to write, so I'm I'm writing and uh, and. Hopefully, the stuff that that'll come out, people will be interested in still, and um, I'm quite excited about some of the things that that, that I'm doing is going to happen. But you know, we'll, we'll wait till it's nearer and the time for it to happen to talk about it. But uh, yeah, very very excited about what's uh, what 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 will be coming up. Amazing. Well, thank you so much uh, for for joining us, Joan. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and a, and a real honour to have you on the show. So it's, thank you so much for your time. And, My um, pleasure. You know, very much look forward to uh, to hearing whatever comes next. So, um, and of course, congratulations once again on the award. Um, yeah, thank you very much. It's been it's been fantastic. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Cheers, Joan. Thank you. Bye. bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.